Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your buddy, Luke, the Strip Club DJ, with another episode of One Two Review. I'm here with my buddies, Alex and Brandon. Say hello, boys. Hey, y'all. I'm Alex. Thanks for being here. Hi. I'm Bobcat. Uh, One Two Review is a little Bobcast where we rate and review movies in the simplest way possible. One point if we didn't like it. Two points if we did. We rate and review until we get to 20 points, and then we call it a day. Blip. Intro. Ba 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 All right. First film that we saw is a film called Cartwheels. This is a 2010 film directed by Veda Norwood. In this hilarious comedy, cartwheels have become an Olympic sport, and they have to bring Zach Galifianakis out of retirement to train the girls' team. Uh, let me be clear there. It's not Zach Galifianakis, but Zach Galifianakis' character. Either way, it's a hilarious film starring uh, not only Zach Galifianakis, but also Judith Harris, Kim Baker, Kelly Englewood, Faye Weatherby, Deborah Peterson. They play the girls' team. Samuel uh, Warfell is in there as well as the uh, manager of the team. What did you guys think of Cartwheels? Yeah, I mean, it's a... I thought... Whoa, one at a time, boys. (laughs) What did you think about Cartwheels? Brandon, go ahead. Well, okay. I like the movie. I like this type of movie. I really enjoy an underdog tale. Uh, for me, my main problem was Gaz Galifianakis, however. He, for me, was not a believable professional cartwheeler. I mean, it's a comedy, you know? But it's, you know, it's supposed to ring true and inspire you. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, this film... I'm just saying Galifianakis took me out okay. of the film. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Would it have been a Dolph Lundgren or possibly even The Rock, I would have said, that man knows how to cartwheel. Mm, all right. I don't know. seems like The Rock and Zach Galifianakis are a similar kind of choice. You know, big character guys. But I respect, your, uh, I respect your opinion. I can understand how he could take you out of this movie. He's got some bits that are very Zach Galifianakis-y in the film, you know, that seem more like him than his character. So I'll give you that. I mean, I think b- probably what Brandon was seeing was the fact that... He- they never did a single cartwheel in this movie. That was a big problem for me, at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, okay, so the yeah, the film, the cartwheels are hard in this world, and so there's lots of attempts at them. There's lots of building up to it. I think, I think there was probably going to be cartwheels in this film, but I they, guess... Well, they couldn't get the rights. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. Olympic Commission, the... The Gymnastics Commission owns the rights to cartwheels and films. It's kind of, it's kind of stupid, honestly, because it's sort of a rudimentary, rudimentary, you know, physical activity. But uh, you'd think it would be like the same as putting a push-up or a a squat or some kind of lunge in your film. Mm -hmm. But no, it's one of the very few physical activities that is actually copyrighted. copyrighted. That's right. But that being said, I mean the movie. The movie is a lot of fun, and they do have the effect of a cartwheel. I mean, they they did certain things with uh, the filmmaking that give you the sensation of a, a cartwheel spinning the camera around. They'll, they'll rotate the camera. Yeah, a lot of that showing hands well, and and arms flailing through, uh, you know, f- flailing through the 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 frame. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the arc of the girls' team. They were pretty sloppy to begin with. They all come from a gymnastic background, so they focus more on flips and tosses and free falls, less of the actual cartwheel itself. 
once they bring Galifianakis in, they do sh- start to ship up, shape out, and really start flipping those wheels, even though we don't see it. And of course, they go on to win yeah. the gold. And it's amazing. And I think, like going going back to what you're saying about the camera magic at the end there, that last scene, the championship. They when they're doing because they do group cartwheels and they do their solo cartwheels and they do a big team. They do this amazing giant cartwheel where they're all stacked on top of each other to create, you know, this like three person tall cartwheel thing. And you're right, they can't show cartwheels. So the the film magic they use, especially in the last scene, is quite amazing. Some of those techniques. Yeah, I mean, almost believable. More believable than Zach Galifianakis as this character. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one, actually. You know what? I think uh, maybe Zach lost, dropped a little too much weight for this role. He seemed pretty skinny, pretty gaunt. A little frail. Yeah. Frail. That's a word. Let's talk about some other things like reviewing this with a number. So maybe our listeners would consider seeing it or not seeing it. What would you guys rate this movie? Yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this film uh, I'm gonna give it a one. Uh, I, I enjoyed the film quite a bit, but I feel if they weren't able to secure the rights for a cartwheel, they probably probably shouldn't have created the film you know i have a feeling it's one of those things where hollywood jumped ahead of its feet there and they didn't have you know the proper backing yet but they were already too deep in the film so they had to create it and i enjoy when artists have to create something like those magic cartwheels without doing them but um you know when they're pushed to that but ultimately one point yeah i mean for a movie called cartwheels it was missing a major component and it's unforgivable unfortunately so one point yeah, I would like to say go see this movie, but I think there are better things you can do with your time. Uh, Zach Galifianakis, man, get back on track. One point for me. Oh, right. That is three points for cartwheels. Three Each points. week on One to Review, we rate and review movies until we get to 20 points, and we keep our score in a different way each week. This week is no different. We're keeping score by talking about the top 20 pet names of 2018. Guys? We have culminated from all across the internet, from all sorts of websites, forums, actual, we had people write in some of their favorite pet names. So these are a brand new list that we've created to be the gold standard of pet names for 2018. So I'm excited to share this. And these names are universal. You can apply it to any gender pet and mm-hmm. any, any, animal. any animal, any imaginary pet, anything you want. Any loved one? I'm I'm, going to be honest here. I'm a little embarrassed. I've never had any pets with any of these names. You know, these are great, excellent names, and I've never even thought of them, you know. Well, in no particular order, I'm going to tell you two of these here. Did I give a movie two points? You can sell them. Hey, sell them two. All right, let me give you two. How about Alpha? This is a good one for dogs, but not only dogs. Keep that in mind. There are alpha turtles, there are alpha lizards, and alpha snakes, and it's a good name all around. Second name, kind of sticking along the A category, I'm gonna go with Apollo. This is a great, strong name for males or females. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna give you guys Bitey. Bitey is a great name. Pretty much any animal bites, eats food even if it's not an aggressive biter. But Bitey's hilarious if it's not a biting animal, something like a fish. And it works if it's something like a dog. So, Bitey. And 
Who could forget Dash? Naming your animal Dash. Just name your animal Dash. <laughs> A little Dash of an animal name for you. All right, that is four names for three points for cartwheels. It's that time of the week where we listen to an ad. All right. Memory knows. Can't quite place that smell? Store it in the memory nose. Hi guys, how are you doing? Man, man, kind of dragging through this one right now. Trying to pick it up. It's a Saturday morning. It's a Saturday morning. There's no construction to liven things up, which is uh, kind of a letdown, actually. I was kind of hoping for some bangs and some screws and really keeps us on our toes but i do hear off in the distance a leaf blower so there's a, there's a spark of hope something something to get angry about <laughs> alex how you doing bud i'm doing good i'm doing good well doing well sorry thanks I'm for doing asking well. no we didn't ask doing we did too. not ask thank you for not asking Brandon, how are you doing there we go how's new york city it's hot, actually. Is it heating up down there? It's a basement C. Yeah, it's. We have to actually install like freezer rooms that we walk into. There's one per hallway that they just turn on every year because it it's like unbearable. It's like a sauna. Most and of the, the time. residents kind of just go in there to to quick zap, quick freeze, cool off. Quick freeze. It kind of becomes the water cooler of the office, you know, per se. You kind of some hot gossip on the floor and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have time it's to talk York about that. Thing, Let's talk about right? this. Am I the right? Meat, the, go cool your hams in the meat cooler. Let's talk about this movie because I'm excited to talk about it. It stars uh, Steve Carell. That's one of the main things that drew me into it. Mommy's Home. In this 2007 film, it turns out that we all have a giant mommy who has been at work for the past 2,000 years, and the babysitter has told us a bunch of lies. What is it like when the world changes as we know it and we all suddenly become equal babies? This is the film that tells us what that's like starring Steve Carell. Uh, yeah, this is pretty funny, pretty interesting film. Um, yeah. <laughs> a little avant-garde. I mean, a little conceptually a little avant-garde, right? We're, Definitely. We're, we're talking about like these... Uh, um, abstract ideas, this abstract conception of the world as we know it, um, sort of like a God figure, but a mother God figure coming mm -hmm. home and us realizing the true nature of reality. I mean, it, it's, it sounds like one of the, it sounds like one of these movies that's like too bizarre to, to wrap your head around. But once you see it, but it's all quite it, literal. It's, it's all really right there in front yeah, of you. Exactly. Um, and, and you know what? And it's a lot of fun too. It's got a quirky soundtrack. It's got a great cast. The chemistry. Yeah, exactly. The chemistry of the set is one thing that really excels in this movie to me. We have Steve Carell. We also have Susan K. Quitargo, who actually rejoins Cartel uh, in this film for a second time, and they're really just beyond comfortable at this point. Uh, Gerard Ballantine plays uh, not only the mother, but the cousin of the dog as well. There's a big dog character in this, played by Karen Cotton. Right, let's talk about when they're all babies and they encounter that giant dog. They all have the diapers on, they're all 
speaking their baby language. They encounter the giant dog. And of course, what happens? But the dog tells them the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Through an apple, which is important because later that becomes the ship that they drive uh, to get to the mother core. So they do have to, at the end, deprogram the mom, which there's spoiler alert. She's not actually a robot when you think she is, which is... It's more of a AI. It's a double, it's the spoiler is it's a double, it's a double blind trick. The mom pulls to test the babies and their, their ability to, to make it out of the spaghetti ocean. Mm -hmm. It all makes sense. It's if you see it. Uh, Yeah. What I found was impactful was with the ship that they rode in on the apple. Once it's turned into the sauce, that becomes the sauce that really kicks in and really, sets the fire to the giant spaghetti mountain what was uh i mean a lot of this movie was a visual feast as well as sort of like a a literal feast too i mean they had they had great mommy snacks in the theater so i have a question was steve steve carell has he's got that extra large thumb right he's got his character has like a big thumb was that something that the mommy put in when he was a baby to make him because she knew he was going to be the hero do you think or is that something that the there's not he's i don't want to call him a wizard but the older guy did the older guy with the half yes, beard did, the, did he install I, that onto mm-hmm. him well the i think it's genetics is it nature or nurture that's what i'm asking because i think it's one of them in the film but i couldn't figure out i think it's nur- i think it's nurture because if you look at the the the, the secondary controls on the Apple ship, like the co-pilot controls, there is a spot on the banana oh, grip for, for a the big thumb. Finger, yep. or a big thumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, and I mean, that's, built, that's built way before Steve Carell's even a baby, right? Right. That was in the pre-pre. Gotcha. Cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you guys ready to rate Mommy's Home? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, Two points, two points. This is a journey. It's super fun. It reminded me a little bit of what dreams may come, but a lighthearted version. Well, here's the thing about Mommy's Home. It all makes sense. Two points. This was like a really heavy-duty, never-ending story. and But a lighter, a lighter what dreams may come, and sort of a splash of... Um, splash. A splash of pie in there too. Mm, the life of pie. The life of pie. Yeah, two points. Six. All right, six points for Mommy's Home. Oh, we should say it was directed by John Johnson. Thanks, John. Oh right. Oh okay. man, it's time for an ad. Nope. It's time to learn about six hot pet names of the year. <clears throat> Yeah, it's time to help out our one to review users with some more pet names. I've got two quick ones for you guys: uh, Spockalypses and Burning Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, allegory and Apple Teeny. These two uh, that I'm going to share with you fascinated me. These were actually from a list we pulled from the dark web. Uh, we got Connie and we got Amy. Those you you run a big risk going to the dark web when it comes but if you're doing safe stuff like just looking up pet names that's fine 
The dark web's huge. There is gross, terrible things on the dark web. There's also the BuzzFeed of the dark web, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think for a lot of these, I, I prefer descrying them. I scry my pet names. I don't know what that word means. Well, let's kick a sponsor. Scry. Foretell the future by using a crystal ball or other reflective object or surface. Hey guys, it's me, Brandon. I'm here to talk about cat whiskers for humans. These are a cool new product. They're basically like plastic cat whiskers that you put under your nose. Here's the cool thing, they add balance. Also, they give you a cute new look and they only guarantee one extra life. Talking about a cool new product that is just out on the market, cat uh, whiskers for humans. Add a balance plus cat a whiskers cute new for look. humans. Yo, yo guys, Luke here. Oh, what's the up, party Luke? pouch and the ultimate rainbow version too. They're basically like plastic to cat whiskers that you put under your nose. Whiskers that you put under your nose. Like oh, okay. Another great sponsor. Thanks, guys. This next film, 2016, Erica J. Doll Jizoint, called Verbatim. Um, this film, woman realizes that her husband might not be the same man that she married in this home invasion film about a man who has memorized another man's life so well that he attempts to live his life verbatim. Um, any kind of first impressions on verbatim, guys? Ooh, scary. Scary Thrilling movie. And scary. Yeah, it's a little bit of an invasion of the body snatchers, a little bit of, again, a home invasion film. Very uncomfortable film. Made me very unsettled. It's like a home invasion when the invasion is coming from inside. Yeah, the house. I mean, what if you wake up next to someone every day and then all of a sudden you're not sure if it's the same person? There's like little things about him start breaking her out, you know? Well, here's the thing is you can kind of memorize a person up to a moment, right? You can, you can look at a person's life and memorize them up to that moment. But when new things happen, and this is where the cracks start to fade in our bad villains kind of, you know, in his plan here new new information comes into their lives and uh the woman understands you know how her husband would have reacted to this thing but the the killer doesn't know that and so you know he has a hard time so i guess my point is people are always changing and so you can't memorize a person's future you can only memorize a person's past yeah i mean the big break obviously when he buys the tom's toothpaste and she's he's never purchased toms before Mm-hmm. In his entire life, it's always been crest with the red stripe. And, uh, you know, I wanted to try the natural, this natural stuff. My uh, my golf golf friends were telling me about this Tom's and tried it out. Uh-huh. She doesn't quite believe uh-huh. it. Something in the back of her mind is saying he would yeah, never Yeah, and then the, the, whole, not, the not... whole tone of the movie sort of starts to sort of crumble and fall apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, again, just what a scary, what a scary, uncomfortable idea. You know, I, we should say, I guess it stars uh, Troy Murdoch as as the, I guess, well, he doesn't really get a name in it much, but the verbatim killer, I guess. And Sarah Johnson plays the wife. Uh, Jessica Leslie plays a friend of uh, Sarah's in it. Uh, Can we talk about how the script is flipped? Yeah. Towards the end? There is let's a big twist. twist that is, there, that's a, if we're going to twist it up, we might as well twist alert. it. Yeah. Are we going to spoil this? No, we spoiling it. Yeah, let's give it the uh, spoil. Spoil, spoil time. Yeah, and so the twist here is that the uh well Brandon, do you wanna reveal? Sure, the lady 
has actually been verbatiming another lady and isn't herself. So it's a double verbatim. So we got two two verbatim killers who verbatimed a couple. And I think his is an accident that it's a double, but I think hers might have been intentional. It's not totally clear whether she knew he was verbatiming a man. And so she verbatimed the woman to get in there to get him. It's a lot of laters. And you know what? It's kind of like th- the justice that comes out at the very end is very satisfying because these two people murdered in verbatim two other people to really like pull one over on just a, a normal person. And the mm-hmm. fact that they both turn out to be psycho criminals and verbatim each other was totally unsatisfying for both of them. So it, it just like it's like uh, it falls flat. You know, like sure. the crimes fall flat because sure. it's 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 spy versus spy type thing, you know, yeah. verbatim versus verbatim, which leads to some fun stuff, though. I like uh, there's a scene at the end that kind of reminded uh, me of the end of Terminator 2 when the T-1000 falls in the soup and is making all the faces of the people that he's mim- mimicked before. Right. There's a great scene in the end of this where the two verbatim killers kind of uh, start to showcase these other people they've verbatim before. So they play, these actors are great, Troy Murdoch and Sarah Johnson. They end up playing like six characters in that last scene where they're like, you know, she's like, I used to be like Claire uh, Manzuela or something like that. I don't remember if that was the name, something like that. She puts on that accent for a little bit and plays her and he plays a bunch of guys. And that's just a cool, almost like an acting uh, dance off towards the end there that the verbatim killers have. Yeah, a little acting showdown. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Anywho, you guys ready to rate this thing? Any other thoughts on verbatim? Definitely. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. Definitely, again, like I said, worth a second watch for me. <clears throat> yeah, that's my review. That's my rating verbatim. Nice. Yeah, I'm verbatim being both of you guys and giving this two points as well. All right. This six points six for verbatim. Points. Uh, Some more pet Eric names? Doll film. Yeah, six new pet names. I like Zippy. I think that's pretty much... Man, you could name anything Zippy. I like that. Mm-hmm. Fast or slow. And... Big or small. And Raisinette. Mm-hmm. I got two for you here. Uh, Yoshi, very popular name. And uh, this one... This one is pulled, you know, again, from the internet. We did not make this up. And uh, I like it because it's very similar to our name of our podcast. Uh, the name is One, Two, and Three. That's a popular pet name of 2018. Think one, about two, it. and Three. Think about it. It works. It's funny. I get it. Uh, here's a classic, Max. You can name anything, Max. It's the best name. Also, what about Teeny Smalls? It's good if it's like a big one or a small well, that one's one. That kind of dirty. Hey, if your mind's in the gutter, I'm going to leave it in there. But I'm not going to go there myself. All yeah, right. It's always in the gutter, Brandon. Have fun in the gutter. Let's, uh, let's kick a sponsor, gutter boys. Let's kick a sponsor for these gutter, gutter balls. Guggerbog. <laughs> Whose mind's in the gutter now, Guggerballs? <laughs> Guggerbomb. Hi, Ted's Guggerbomb. <laughs> All natural. It's Zoomall, the game! All kinds of animals destroying all kinds of retail. Zoomall, the game! All kinds of animals destroying all kinds of retail.
Alex, Luke, listeners, this week we are going to be discussing a movie that I think moved all of us. It was called Morning Glory. This was directed by Damien Chazelle. Pretty famous. He directed La La Land. He returns to the screen with a poignant look at a 25-year-old pregnant uh, with her second child uh, character, Carla. She decides to leave her past behind her and try to make it in the world outside of the cult that she was born into. This is... um, in the same vein of La La Land, as it is have some magical realism with the musicality, there is some musical singing in the song, but is it, a, it is a much, much sadder tale. What did you guys think of Morning Glory? Ooh, all right. Well, first of all, I'll say Karen Cotton. She plays Carla in this. She does an excellent job. She's got a beautiful voice. Uh, this is a sad musical. This was, uh, yeah, this really made me sad. You know, she has a lot of trouble. She's struggling. She gets out of this cult. She doesn't know how the world works. She gets a job. She gets taken advantage of in multiple ways by multiple people, men and women, sexually, emotionally, physically. It's dark. It's a dark film. Uh, The dancing, the dancing was nice, though. A lot of, okay, that's one thing I'll say is beautiful choreographed pieces. Sad, depressing, beautifully choreographed pieces. There's a homeless dance with change cups. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you just if you focus on all the beating and 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 violation, it's a pretty sad movie. But hey, there's some pretty jazzy choreography. There's some pretty jazzy tunes in there. Um, I think the lyrics are a lot of fun. Uh, a really well written um, music, and I think. Um, Lots of great hip hop beats and dubstep beats too really kind of carry this movie into uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know I'm a fun place. I had a sure. lot of fun. I think I think Karen it tries hip and hopping, you know, a little dancing and prancing. I think the lyrics are. You know, I the... think there is. Go ahead. Yeah, it's supposed to be a duality sort of thing. Definitely, it's like a, a really sad kind of Wizard of Oz. Uh, they're singing and dancing but it yeah it's sad stuff so for me it just makes it more impactful that the music is really catchy and uplifting yeah the baby died that was uh oh that was not that was a beautiful dance number but again like a painful 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 one they do this beautiful choreographed piece where they're passing around the baby's corpse and then they do this beautiful move where they like lay it in a little baby grave and that baby grave was so sad so small i know and they but and they had the the jazz trombonist playing the really sad trombone notes there's that one long note that he does when the baby is like when they put the dirt on it Mm. Ooh, this, and I was gonna say you said the lyrics were fun. I don't know if they were fun. I'd they say were they were chipper. clever, clever. Okay, clever. I'm gonna sure, give you sure. clever, very intelligent, beautiful poetry within that, but content-wise, not fun lyrics. Certainly, I don't know. the The bed source. There's a dying old man in the cult that she rescues and takes out with her, and she's trying to keep him alive. And he's got a little bed sores. Bed sores. And there's a scene they start where singing. the bed sing. Exactly. That's I mean, that was so. They didn't need that. Was gratuitous. They didn't need to add that. No, I think. They, I mean, I think they needed to to make this film make me feel the way I did. But did they have to use his groaning and moaning in pain? 
as like as, a bass song sort of for like, a hip hop song. Well, I mean, he's groaning and moaning, and then they have two backup singers like crouched behind his bed, mm-hmm. and you know, harmonizing with him. That was a little. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Day and Quail. That was a little. I mean, that was a little. The musicals do this thing where they like go way over the top, and it pulls. <laughs> it's a you. musical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But like, they. But why do they always have to push the envelope? Like. Uh, God, they have to be so double extra with the musical p- part of this. It's I mean, life, man. I mean, the the Soars guy was already disgusting and sad, but to add backup singers with, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, one one had like some kind of Hermitus, and the other one had some kind of jaundice. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, okay. So again, I, I have a theater degree. I like to bring that up as much as I can. And so yeah. I went to school with a lot of musical theater folk and they are like you just described there. Everything has to be to the extreme. They're the people out there that are pushing the envelope that their smiles are the biggest smiles. Their hellos are the most beautiful. Good morning. Hellos you'll ever hear. But their tears are the saltiest. Of course, yeah. And so this is an example of the sadness, I think, of the musical theater people kind of coming out and them doing that to the nth degree. Cause is it because the, musical theater people are just better, the best? The, yeah, the, the best of the best. They see the potential in every movement. You know, They say, why pick up my glass when I can pick up my glass? Pick you know? it up, lift it up, elevate it. Why not it? sing while I do it? You know? Yeah, and it so it makes little... sense when you look at the world like that. Like if you got as someone who has a musical theater degree and and doesn't like to talk about it mm-hmm. at all, I'm gonna say we're not the best. Yeah, I have a real hard time finding work. Yep. You guys ready to rate Morning Glory? Yeah, sure. Yes. Uh, two two points. You know, uh, if you thought you know Les Miserables was rough, get in this thing. Two points. Uh, yeah, this movie is um, super try-hard, super extra musical, and really a giant bummer. Um, it gets a wholehearted single point from me. Oh, real quick, I do want to say one of my biggest complaints about La La Land was the lack of group choreography, and Morning Glory fixes that. Lots of group group numbers in this. Sorry. Anyway. Including an unor- unborn baby dancing. Yep. Oh, the ghost baby. I forgot about oh, that Oh, the whole stillborn scene. baby scene. Because there's the oh. dying baby, but then there's the stillborn baby, too. That's rough. Let's not ruin all the sadness. I want some of these tears to come naturally from people. You know, not having pre-welled up tears to all these sad ideas. So, two points. Wait, one point. Yeah, one, one point. Don't go see this movie. Great. That's four points for morning four glory. Points. Um animal names guys you got some more animal names for one to review users out there you know it this will be our last naming um this is this i mean brandon's right this is momentous this is the final naming universal names that you can pick up 2018 put on your pet put on your digi pet your tamagotchi whatever you got pet rock it's gonna work um alex you got one yeah, I got two for you. Uh, world-class uh, horse champion. It also shares this name, but this is a famous 2018 name. Uh, no Mouth. Great name for any pet. Uh, another great name for any sort of animal you have. Dogs, cats, chickens, anything. Uh, Python. Great name for any sort of pet. Python. That one's good. That one's a mind-blinder. 
Um, it's ironic. This one, easy guys. Spackle. Boom. You can put that on anything. I saved my favorite name for last. Go ahead and name all your pets Blinders Keepers. All right. Great. What a that week. Was That's, those are the hot names. Hot animal names. Hot <laughs> animal names on a hot summer day. Hot animals. Let's not go there. Let's talk about some other things. Don't don't sweat the petty, my friends. Pet the sweaty. Hot animal week. Hey, um, thanks to Rab for your Patreon patronage, guys. For your patronage. You can get a shout out too. Anyone listening to this podcast, you can also get your name shouted out for only a dollar or two dollars. Go to one two review.com and click on our Patreon link for more information on that. Next week, Alex, what do you got for us? All right, next week we're going to be revealing Blankets on My Body, The Return of Chris, Blasket Blall, Ninja Stars, and Terry Doe. Bye, guys. See you next week. See you next week with another great episode of One Two Review, an improvised podcast. We'd like to take this time to thank our <laughs> totally real sponsors, improvised. Audible.com. Even the pronunciation of words is improvised on one two review. <laughs> the very language we speak very improvised language. every syllable and every noise. Fresh words. Alright, ending recording? Please. <laughs> Please.